Knowing how to keep your personal information safe is on everyone's mind these days. And in a year that is difficult on so many levels, the last thing you might want to worry about is whether someone is pretending to be you, stealing your identity, and running up a whole lot of bills while running down your bank account. Welcome back to the Equifax Credit Talks podcast. My name is Elise Glink, and in addition to hosting this podcast, I'm a best-selling author, radio talk show host, financial expert, and CEO of Best Money Moves, a financial wellness technology company. Equifax is a leading credit reporting agency, and last April, as part of its ongoing effort to be helpful to you in this time of economic pain, the company launched an extensive COVID and Credit Financial Resource Center. You can find it at Equifax.com. This podcast is part of that effort to help expand your access to some of the leading financial experts in this country, as well as some of Equifax's own subject matter experts. We discuss real-world financial solutions and share resources for people just like you who want to protect your credit and manage your finances during this COVID-19 pandemic. This episode continues our discussion from the prior podcast about identity theft and how you can protect yourself. We're going to talk with Kendall Keeling, Core Credit Exchange's lead for Equifax, and Chris Butler, Vice President of Marketing for Equifax's Global Consumer Services Division. Let's start with Kendall. Kendall, welcome to the Equifax Credit Talks podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about the difference between identity fraud and identity theft and sort of general um, differences between the two. When people talk about fraud and they talk about identity theft, are they the same things or are they different things? Well, a little bit of both. So the definition of fraud is really any sort of criminal deception intended for personal or financial gain. And identity theft is a a variation on that. So it involves using someone else's personal information for fraudulent purposes. So identity theft is a, a version of fraud. Um, It's one of the many different types of fraud. And of the more than 3 million fraud cases reported to the FTC last year, identity theft accounted for over 20% of the cases. Um, It's the most common type of fraud out there. Okay. So identity theft is obviously when somebody steals your identity and they pretend to be you and they open up uh, different fraudulent accounts. Would you say that's a good definition, working definition of identity theft? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, it it can happen in so many different ways. It can be on existing accounts. So it's not necessarily on new accounts, but it is also on new accounts. Does that make sense? It does. And what about fraud? Because I can think of um, a lot of different kinds of fraud, actually. You can have um, medical fraud where people pretend to be you and then they charge up things, although that might be medical identity theft. So that maybe that's that overlap. You can have fraud when it comes to people either taking out mortgages on your property and they falsify your name uh, and they sign for you. Are there other kinds of fraud that you can think of? Yeah, so th- those are both accurate. Um, they're using some of your information. And uh, credit card fraud is probably the most well-known one. I think a lot of people have probably had some experience with that, either personally or someone else they know. Uh, it makes up over 40% of identity thefts reported. And it can be even committed in, you know, a number of different ways. So you've heard of counterfeiting probably, and that's where they would take over an existing account number, or they can add themselves to your account and you would still be using the account potentially, and they could just add themselves on as an authorized user. That's known as account takeover. There's also synthetic account fraud, and this is, you know, not new, but it's newer. 
and it's a combination of real and fabricated information. So someone could use a real social security number, but a false name and a false date of birth. And, you know, they're able to kind of confuse the systems and possibly generate uh, a new identity from these bits and pieces. I have to tell you about something that happened to my husband years ago. I can't even remember how many years ago. It wasn't that many, but we were on vacation somewhere, and all of a sudden he got a call from his credit card company saying, is this you charging like $19,000? And we're like, and he, he looks at me and he's like, Elise, what did you actually buy at the hotel, you know, whatever store? And I'm like, uh, not $19,000 worth. So it turned out that some credit card scam farm somewhere, you know, had a bank of people who were typing in random numbers and they hit upon his number. It was a real number and it got taken and they just started charging up the wazoo. And I know that that sort of thing is happening all over the world. Right. It, and that is counterfeiting, most likely what you've described. Um, they need, you know, your account number and they need the CVV codes and a couple of different things. But there, I've seen so many different ways people can even counterfeit. So they're very, very inventive. They can gain access to your personal information and have actual identification created with their their you know picture on it or somebody that they're paying to be you. Um, they can pretend to be you. They can open brand new credit card accounts. They can uh, take out auto loans, mortgages. They can get into your checking accounts and retirement accounts. In this kind of identity compromise, it can be really, really overwhelming to be a victim the criminal may even file tax returns posing as the victim. I mean, the, what you just described with your husband, you know, in that case, it's fairly limited to probably, hopefully, that one account number. You know, they're not after him or you or whomever as a consumer as much as they are after that credit card account number and the quick hit and getting as much as they can on that account. We've seen actually, from the real estate perspective, a number of types of fraud that happen right at the point where property is about to change hands and huge sums of money, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars is being sent. And so it happens at the point where you're about to close, the fraudster or the scam artist finds out about that and they send you a letter spoofing your title company or your escrow company saying we need you to wire, we've had a change of wire transfer information, we need you to wire the money to close on the purchase of your house to this account. And it turns out to be a fraudulent account. They wire the money and then it disappears into the ether and there's no protection or recompense really for the buyer. And that's become such a prevalent thing that now all of the uh, closing and escrow companies actually put something on their emails about it every time it goes out. Yeah, it, it's quite fascinating um, and awe-inspiring how much work goes into creating any of these identity thefts and, and, and fraud transactions because as, as the industry tries to accommodate and make changes and, and catch things, you know, these guys are out there trying the next thing. And they're also looking for, you know, where they can make the most money and how they can get to people without their identities being involved at all. So anytime they can have you send money to some place electronically or anything like that, that that reduces the risk for them um, and the likelihood also that if they do it 10 times, two out of the 10 people may fall for it. So um, if it works, they're going to keep doing it. And it's, it's harder and harder and harder for people to be able to spot the difference. And, you know, as you can imagine, when someone takes over your identity, it can be very difficult for lenders 
government agencies, even the police, to tell the difference between the victim and the perpetrator. And in many cases, the person committing the theft is known to the victim. So um, coworker, friend, uh, family spouse, member. right? Absolutely. Um, and I've worked in, in both fraud strategy and fraud operations in my past. And I've spent hours on the other end of the phone with people who are victims and they just cannot believe how it happened to them. If we're able to find out it's, it's very sad yeah. and it can, it it can really cause drama for them, right? Long-term drama. So I have had several friends whose own family members have stolen their identity, opened up credit cards and charged things. It's the hardest thing in the world when it's a family member, particularly if they're doing that or they're, they're pretending to be you in order to tap your uh, tax refund. Because unwinding this just brings the whole horror back that somebody that's a member of your family that you love and had once trusted would violate you in such a way. You know, it can range from somebody who's trying to be vindictive or all the way to the other end, which is somebody who really just didn't understand that what they were doing was as impactful and illegal as what they did. Then sometimes it comes down to where you, know, you may have to file charges against that person, right? And, it, and that's difficult, especially if it's a husband-wife situation. It's very unfortunate, um, very prevalent, and uh, it, it's very hard on the victim in any case. It's almost as bad as any other crime out there. Obviously, you're not physically hurt in those cases, but it, it, it's a crime, and you've been a victim of a crime, and it's, it's very hard. Who is most at risk for identity theft? What kind of people or situations? Well, almost anyone can be a victim of identity theft. You hear from of people's children, right, who've had their identity stolen and, and older people, but really anybody can be. According to the FTC, however, people aged 30 to 39 reported the most identity thefts last year. Thieves want to target victims with high credit scores, high credit limits, other characteristics that net them the most value for their effort. And so that's going to be a big target for a thief who can, it's not a crime of opportunity, but they actually are targeting their victims. They're going to want to go for people who are buying the expensive houses, who can afford to buy nice cars and have multiple high limit credit cards. That's That looks like a, a fortune to them. And that's somebody they would want to go after should they decide to, to take over that person's identity. I imagine that also people who own homes but don't have mortgages or have very low mortgages on it, uh, they also are ripe for this sort of um, mortgage identity fraud where the home is either transferred fraudulently to somebody else's name who then gets a big mortgage on it or they actually go and they pretend they create documentation that shows that they are the owner of the property um, and then they go and they take out a big loan against it as well. And I imagine that if you have a house and not a lot of loans against it, you also have to be vigilant. That's right. I mean, it, you know, unfortunately, really, as, as creative as people are about being able to commit fraud and identity theft, you know, they do go after people who, who don't think that they can be a victim, right? They don't think, well, I'm not involved in the you know, in, in the credit industry, I, I don't borrow from anybody, so I'm, I'm fairly safe. And, and that's just not true. There are so many different ways for uh, these kind of crimes to be committed that really there are almost no one who's, who's exempt from this. So they could go after, uh, you know, your house in that way. There are a few ways that consumers can protect themselves. Uh, one simple way is to review your credit report frequently. People who are not borrowing, who are not out there, you know, with credit cards and, and they're, you know, maybe they've paid their mortgage off, 
they still need to look at their credit reports and make sure somebody right. is not out there pretending to be them um, and engaging with, with, with banks to do that. Indicators of theft can be seen quickly in credit inquiry activity. So if there are inquiries on the credit report that you don't recognize, it can mean that you know a thief is trying to apply for loans or credit cards in your name. And you can also lock or freeze your credit reports to prevent new loans from being opened. I think that that's actually a really solid thing to do. And you can do it um, at myequifax.com where you can set up an account for free. And it's funny, though, you have to remember that it's locked or frozen because if you go and try to apply for something, you may not be able to get it, which actually just happened to me because I've got my accounts frozen. And then I went and I applied for a credit card. I was like, why did I get rejected? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that. Yep. And, and that, you know, we have different ways at Equifax in order to make it, you know, very easy for people to um, lock and unlock so that, you know, if you do find yourself in that situation, you can unlock it quickly. But you're right. A lot of people don't even realize that certain things that they, they do really are a request for credit. Like you go out to buy a new cell phone, right? New mobile phone and get new service it's pretty likely that, you know, someone could be checking your credit there, especially if you're, you know, going to buy a phone on credit, essentially. But people don't think about that. They don't think, oh, well, wait a minute. That's that's a place where somebody's going to need to look at my credit report. And, and you need to be very careful with your personal information in general. Only share your social security number and other personal information when it's absolutely necessary. You want to watch out for phishing scams and other attempts to try and get your existing account passwords. Uh, you know, awareness really is your most valuable protection against becoming a victim of these types of crimes. And there are a lot of tools to do it, um, but it, it takes vigilance and it takes engagement. And, you know, you do have to get in there and, and participate and understand what's on your credit report now. And, and you know, how long does the stuff stay on there? What should I look for? It, it, this is just a quick question that I've had. So if you've locked or frozen your account and you apply for credit and you get turned down because they can't even do a poll, does that get recorded on your credit history? I would think so. If, if you know, if, if they say, well, you're turned down, but you're, you know, it's because you're frozen, right? Then, then you would probably go and immediately unfreeze it, unlock it, and then you would move, be able to move forward with your process and with the loan process. If you're denied because of that and you don't know about it until you get your decline letter, your adverse action letter. Um, you know, either way, it, it's an inquiry onto the file. So it, it should be there. It should, it should, there should be a recording of that, that you, you know, you applied. Got it. But not for the reason why it would be turned down. Right. So it would just show that it's an inquiry from that bank or institution. Kendall Keeling is the core exchanges leader for Equifax and has 20 years of experience in financial services and risk management. As you can tell, she's a subject matter expert in credit risk and lending. Kendall, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Chris Butler joins us again on the Equifax Credit Talks podcast. Chris is, as you may remember, a vice president at Equifax and formerly worked in publishing at Sports Illustrated. Hey, Chris, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Elise. Glad to be back. So I wanted to follow up on our last conversation because it's clear that consumers are very worried about identity theft. We've done 10 Equifax Consumer Credit Confidence Surveys since April when the pandemic really took hold. In the latest survey, nearly half of all consumers who were polled said they were concerned or extremely concerned about identity theft. And we've seen that number increase slightly as the pandemic has continued. 
Is that one of the reasons that you're launching these two new products now? Yeah, you know, I think it, I think we see it in everyday life, Elise. Um, identity theft concerns are on the rise for Americans, as you said. Um, and the question is how someone imagines how COVID-19 will affect them financially over the next six months. Um, you know, in addition to a job loss or a loss of income, identity theft is a really big concern. And if someone is successful in stealing your identity, it could profoundly and quite negatively in some cases affect your finances. So we've been working on the two products that you mentioned. Uh, they're named Equifax Credit Monitor and Equifax Complete uh, well before the pandemic actually hit. And we're pleased to be able to launch them now um, when consumers are so concerned about their finances. With the launch of Equifax Credit Monitor and Equifax Complete, what we've sought to do is really give consumers an affordable way to not only track their credit, but become credit vigilant in how they manage their credit itself, um, but also give them the backing of additional identity theft features that come with a company like Equifax being at your side. This is probably as good a place as any to mention that in these two new products, the credit score is a Vantage score 3.0 based on Equifax data. Third parties use many different types of credit scores and are likely to use a different type of credit score to assess your credit worthiness. I should also mention that the identity theft insurance feature in both of these products provides up to $500,000 in coverage for certain out-of-pocket expenses that you may face as a result of having your identity stolen. The insurance is underwritten by American Bankers Insurance Company of Florida under policies issued to Equifax, and you should review the policies for terms, conditions, and exclusions of coverage, and please understand that coverage may not be available in all jurisdictions. So, Chris, Unemployment has been coming down and the stock market has made an unbelievable recovery since March, which I'm sure a lot of people are thrilled about. But the Equifax Consumer Credit Confidence Survey still shows that Americans have increasing uncertainty around whether job losses might start to increase again, especially as we move into the end of the year. It makes sense to me that rising concern over identity theft is also really about rising concern over your own financial health, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, you know, for us, consumers have always wanted a solution for identity theft, something that would protect them even during normal times, but in uncertain times, and this certainly qualifies, those concerns move to the forefront. And so what we've done is created a way for people to protect what they have at a very affordable price point. I want to get into the price in just a moment, but let's start with what the products contain. What do you get with Equifax Credit Monitor and what do you get with Equifax Complete and how are they different? So Equifax Credit Monitor begins with access to your Equifax Credit Report and to your Vantage Score 3.0, which is based on Equifax data. So you have access in that product to your Equifax Report and Score and then you also get credit monitoring. So if some data were to change or be updated on your credit report, you would get an automatic alert about that. And then with Equifax Credit Monitor, it includes some tools that allow you to have more control over your credit. You know, one of those is the ability to lock and unlock your credit report, which restricts access to that report itself. If you're not in a situation, let's say, where you want to apply for a loan or open a credit card, 
Locking your credit can help you protect your credit because no one will be able to apply for a card or loan in your name when you have it locked. So that's really what Credit Monitor brings to the table. With Equifax Complete, then you'll get all of those benefits that come with Credit Monitor, including the lock and unlock and the alerts of key changes. But one of the features Equifax Complete adds is really if you were to become a victim of identity theft, we have dedicated identity restoration specialists who will work on your behalf to help you recover. So if in the unfortunate situation where that were to happen to you, we'll walk you through the recovery process and help you get back on your feet. I've told this story before, but when my mother had her identity stolen, my husband Sam and I were working furiously to stay one step ahead of the identity thieves who we could see were working really hard to get access to all of her different accounts. And it just started with the stealing of a work check. And then once they got a hold of that check and her signature, they were able to leverage that into a credit card and into access to several different bank accounts, which thankfully were protected. And then, of course, they went after her retirement account, which is where all of her real money is. But thankfully, we'd already locked that down completely from the very top. But it was the two of us working overtime on that. I mean, I think we spent probably 72 hours straight trying to get ahead of these people. It was crazy times. But I'm not sure everybody has the knowledge that we have, of course, after years of being in the industry and being consumer advocates. All of that is to say, it would be really nice to have somebody on board like Equifax uh, and your identity restoration specialist who actually know how to go through those processes and help you get back to some sort of normal. Yeah, well, in in your case, in that story or your mother's case, you know, she was really lucky to have you in that situation. I mean, you know the space, know the steps to take, and so many consumers don't. So when we seek to really provide people, you know, these tools, it's not only access, but it's it's education and what steps they should take in these moments where you know consumers may not know the first or second step they should take at that time. Right. And then there's other kinds of fraud as well, which can be devastating, like mortgage fraud. So the scam artists might not be opening up a credit card account, but they might actually be opening up a loan in your name that taps all of the equity in your house. And that could be a very significant six-figure draw in a matter of days. And you don't really have any options for getting that money back. And it could really devastate your life. Yeah, it's it's scary and it escalates quickly. Um, and People think identity theft only happens online, you know, when you're doing something digitally. But, you know, it also happens frequently by people stealing paperwork, as you said, a a paycheck or, you know, from your mailbox or even your garbage bin. You know, the the term we like to use is being credit vigilant. We, We want you to learn really good credit behavior as a consumer and show that on a frequent basis so that you can protect yourself. Now, it's not as hard as people might think. You know, quite honestly, just having access to your credit report allows you to see what's happening. Um, so, you know, at Equifax, we've made those products and services really, you know, available to consumers. If you were to go to Equifax.com, we've got it right there at the top under products and services. And, you know, a consumer can come and compare all of our different products and features that we offer and sign up on our website. 
you know, that, that's how you know you're getting an Equifax product and you can make an informed decision for what's right for you. We've got several different offerings um, depending on what's right for you as a consumer and where you are in your financial journey. And in line with that, you also offer a free product too, right? Called Core Credit? Yeah, it is free. And, and this one's exciting for me personally. It's something we've launched about a year ago. And with Core Credit, you get the ability to see your Equifax credit report, your credit score, which is that Vantage Score 3.0 based on Equifax data. And you know the product itself is available uh, in our brand new experience called My Equifax. And you know, what's important about that is we now make products like Core Credit available in the same space where you can dispute something on your credit report, you can put a fraud alert or even a security freeze on your report as well. You can sign up for all those things at Equifax.com. So Chris, is my Equifax where you'll also find Equifax Credit Monitor or Equifax Complete? That's exactly right, Elise. You'll find both those products within that MyEquifax experience I mentioned as well. Um, and that's that's why we're so excited to bring these two new products to market. You know, at Equifax, we're trying to help people live their financial best. And I think with these new product offerings that we have, we've taken a big step forward. Well, you know, Chris, I'm a huge believer in education. And to that point, another example of that is the Equifax COVID and Credit Financial Resource Center, of which this podcast is a part. Uh, Equifax has clearly made a significant investment in helping consumers navigate their personal finances during the pandemic. Yeah, you're right, Elise. And you know, this pandemic has been tough on everybody. Um, we believe that having access to more information, to trusted experts such as yourself, is a way to help navigate this tough time. And we can see from the data that millions of Americans uh, are having trouble paying their bills and staying on top of the twists and the turns of 2020 and what that keeps delivering to us. Okay. Um, the COVID Plus Credit Financial Resource Center you know, is, is one of those places that offers helpful information that uh, consumers can get guidance no matter where they are in their financial journey. Chris Butler is a vice president at Equifax Global Consumer Services and formerly worked in publishing at Sports Illustrated. You can find out more about Core Credit, Equifax Credit Monitor, and Equifax Complete at Equifax.com. And while you're there, please don't forget to take a look at the Equifax COVID and Credit Financial Resource Center, which now offers hundreds of articles and videos that can help you navigate this COVID pandemic. Chris, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Elise. Well, that does it for this week's Equifax Credit Talks podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Please visit the Equifax COVID and Credit Financial Resource Center at Equifax.com and check out our other episodes. We'll be back with another Equifax Credit Talks podcast soon. I'm Elise Gling. Thanks for listening.